0: for clocking in to Becoming a Better Nurse podcast. I'm Rebecca and Aaron. Together we like to offer ideas, conversations, and solutions to help educate, elevate, and empower nurses. Okay, here's the sitch. We were in the unit yesterday recovering a patient in PACU. He had just had surgery. He had had a pretty long surgery. It was a neck surgery. So, you know, a couple hours under anesthesia. No big deal. He comes out. He's a younger guy. We expect younger guys. They come out a little bit different. You know, they're not... They're not that older, slower kind of mentality that the older generation has. So he's quite aggressive. He thinks that we're holding him down. He's saying, "Hey, I just had surgery. I need to get out of here." He's throwing his legs over the side rail. He's young. He's pushing us. He's pulling us a little bit. So we get a couple help. We get a little bit of help over there. The CNA is there. We call the anesthesia over, and um, we give him some medicine to help relax him, called um, Versed or Midazolam, and we give him some fentanyl for pain he was complaining of pain he's like my neck hurts I just said surgery you guys gotta let me go blah 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 you know he's really kind of you know he's just acting nothing out of the ordinary that we haven't seen in young people reco- oh, waking up from anesthesia so he wakes up he falls asleep after the medicine we gave him and then about half hour later, he wakes up. And he kind of remembers a little bit about what happened. He's like, I am so sorry. I thought I was dreaming. Oh my gosh, wow. And he's like not feeling any more pain. He's, you know, apologizing. He's talking about how he just never had that happen before. Blah, blah, blah. We've heard that story time and time again from patients coming out of anesthesia. We could have a whole episode on different stories of how people come out crying or laughing or giddy or whatever. So anyway, we send the guy upstairs don't think anything about it we get a call from the floor about an hour later saying you know exactly what happened up there because the guy's saying that you guys held him down without his permission he was forcefully held down he's talking about how he doesn't he doesn't remember you guys talking to him or telling him where he was and then we get a call from the 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 neck spine navigator we call her she follows up on all the spine surgeries and she tells us the same thing that he's complaining about not being told where he was he's complaining of being told that he wasn't um, surgery was over he's complaining that we held him down with that uh, against his will and then he's complaining that he's using the s word the sue word you know he's gonna press charges and so um she's like you guys we know what happened so we tell her she's like well you guys need to make sure you chart that so um FYI, yeah, we should have charted that. But the thing is, is it happens so often that it's very common with patients that they just forget what happens or they go under anesthesia and don't remember kind of a lot from the hour before, the hour after. It really just depends. So what is this, situ- what is this episode about? It's about charting. We, we charted exactly what happened. We charted the things that were said and... That is what you, that's what you do. You have to have some sort of proof, some sort of storytelling about what is going on with the patient at the time. We talk a lot about charting in nursing school. We kind of question ourselves, like what should we chart? How should we chart it? Blah, blah, blah. Some simple, simple solutions here that we're going to talk to you about that can help you go from point A to point D in your charting shift.
1: Yep. And charting is really important. There's so many times that I look at charts and and as part of my job, um, I look at quality, and I look at and I audit charts to just look at things. And there's so many times that you ask yourself, why didn't they chart this? And there's times when you look at um, charts and you're like, wow, they actually documented really in depth and pretty detailed, and it kind of paints a picture of what's going on. So being a part of that world at audits, and I work next to um, my boss, who's a patient safety director, and she deals with risk management and and things like that. So basically, the law and lawyers, how they look at our. Uh, charts. It's just so important to to document and document it properly. And there's so many times that things happen and become commonplace in the workforce that you don't document it. And that's just a big no-no. So that's step number one is knowing that just because it's commonplace make it sh- doesn't mean that everybody knows about it especially if you're thinking okay um, and you, you're never gonna think like this but just understand that if a chart ever gets pulled and something happens like law-wise somebody you know, wants a lawsuit or just something crazy happens they will pull that chart they will look at the documentation so understand how will this look in the court of law that's a big big uh, big part of charting um, also know that in Rebecca's example if nobody charted that the patient was confused and um, the fact that nobody was really holding them down, they was, he was just complaining of pain, um, nobody can go back to that chart and say that he wasn't held down. The patient can complain about it. They can say, I was held down, I, all these things were happening, and if nobody charted the the fact that he was confused and all these issues then it would look really bad not only in the nursing but on the hospital itself and the, the, the patient might have actually a good case if he's claiming all these things so understand that from our point of view since we sit in the in the background supporting nurses we look at all these things and we try to educators on how to properly document so yeah this episode is about charting and documentation and that was just one example of many that we're gonna give today on how to properly document and then what to look for when you're documenting
0: The first thing I would say and suggest is that you have a standard form of charting where you're gonna go head to toe assessment. Always chart your assessment, and if you didn't chart it or you didn't assess it, don't chart it. Don't chart it until you assess it. Like let's say you didn't do pulses, but everyone's been charting two plus pulses. Well, don't chart it until you do it. And if you don't do it, it's not it's not that it's not okay to not chart it, but don't chart something that if you didn't do it. Because what if you did lose a pulse? Then what are you going to do? You're going to go back and change your charting. So, And it's better to not have charted something because then you can say, well, the last time I checked it was this, and then this time I checked it. So just don't... Because it, then it's falsifying your charting or you're taking accountability for something that you didn't actually assess. So that's really important. Number two is when you're... Um, doing things that you have to follow a policy or protocol like turning q2 hours or turning this or that or doing oral care you know if you know you're going to do it chart it um i'm not saying that do it and don't don't chart it. Don't you know, chart it and don't do it. But what I'm saying is if you're gonna be charting it every four hours and you're gonna be doing it while you're in the room, roughly every four hours, that's kind of what I did. You know, chart it. But when you come when it comes to like a reason why you didn't do it, let's say I didn't chart oral care because the patient vomited and I was in the in the room for an hour putting an NG tube in and doing all that stuff, well then that's you know acceptable. And you also then would chart that exception. I patient was vomiting. What did you do? And you chart all those extra things that you did. Patient tolerated it well. Like always follow up with your charting with the exception. And that way you're going to be covered and that you can paint your story better. I had a patient one time in pre-op where we had It said transfuse uh, two units of packed cells or one unit of packed cells if their hemoglobin is um, less than 10. So his hemoglobin, I didn't know what it was. So I sent a hemoglobin and it came back over 10 so we didn't have to transfuse. Now that's what the order said. I went a step further and called the lab and called the office from who we are the clinic where he was coming from and said, did you want me to transfuse this regardless of whether it was 10 or if he was over 10 to just send it to the OR? Because maybe that was what they wanted it available. And so she said, no, if he's over 10, go ahead. You don't need to, you don't need to transfuse it. So what did I do? I charted that conversation I had with that clinic person because anything that goes against the orders, you need to chart. Chart anything that is not ordinary or that you decided not to follow an order for some reason make sure there's a notification about it because that is in the court of law you do what the orders say we know that but if you didn't there has to be a good reason why and document it mm-hmm. that way you have a story to tell and proof of why you didn't follow an order and that actually went back back on me and they went and they looked and they said oh she got it she got the okay not to give it and so that was that so when you're charting, that's the kind of thing you need. Mentality is when you have a routine thing, chart it. When you if you don't assess it, don't chart it, and then follow up with things that aren't again that are against orders. That way, you're following your um, you're covering your butt.
1: Those are very important points. Also, we uh, and even to take it further, we had a, a situation where we had a patient who was a stroke patient. This patient got actually got um, a thrombolytic many hours. Past their um, their their arrival, and so obviously it's we we won a goal of under basically forty five minutes. This patient got it in like what three hours, and so just when we got the notification, we're thinking, okay, well, what what happened? We're thinking, oh, they they must have effed up because that's the first thing you think, <laughs> you know, who who gets uh, medication? Um, that yeah, that later, you know, twice the, the length that you're supposed to get. And so when you start digging into the chart and you start seeing the documentation, this was a very good example of how the nursing documentation painted such a great picture of what happened with the patient to the point where every single, I wouldn't say every single minute, but every single uh, event that happened in between the patient arriving and them getting the medication, something was addressed and something was, was uh, documented on. So the patient came in, um, everything was worked on, and within 30 minutes, the patient was able to get thrombolytic for the stroke for a stroke um, but the patient refused. Okay. No big deal. And patients allowed to refuse and they were with it. They were completely with it. Um, and so what ended up happening, uh, they had some issues with, um, a little bit of expressive aphasia, but, but when this, when they assessed the patient, they were able to know what's going on. They were able to communicate, uh, in a way that they understood what was happening, but they refused. Anyways, uh, some time passes and 30 minutes later patient symptoms get worse they re- asked the patient if they wanted the medication again um, and the patient refused again and so again they're painting a picture and you're seeing what's happening and you don't have any questions um, in your in your brain so when you're looking at documentation and where you're thinking while you're documenting you have to ask yourself um, are, are they gonna question what's happening and if you can't paint a picture where you're putting in details where if a question arises, you can address it in the documentation. That's that's perfect. That's what you want to do. Anyways, long story short, patient goes up to the floor and the patient deteriorates while they're on the floor. They call a rapid response um, and they get a, a chest x-ray because they, they were having respiratory issues. Then their, their neurological status got wor- even worse after that and they called the stroke alert, and then um, they called the neurologist on call, and anyways, long story short, they ended up giving the patient a thrombolytic after she, the patient realized that she was getting worse, and she realized that the, she was still in time to get the medication, and so what ended up happening was we reviewed the chart, and we couldn't find any faults or any issues with it because the documentation was such a superb documentation that we answered all our questions everything from the event of them arriving to all the three major events till before they got the medication so that's just a good example of proper documentation i can go into details on what it was written but just understand that you have to paint the picture you have to write events that happen and you have to make it paint the picture of what happens so that if i you are in the court of law somebody can read it and say okay well this happened that led to this and this happened that led and to that, and it looks like all the questions were answered
0: We could have more and more and more examples about what to do and what not to do because we could probably talk for hours. However, I would also say if you're having trouble understanding what is good or bad about documentation, why don't you try auditing charts? Get on a committee that audits charts, whether it's skin assessment or whether it's Um, VAP pneumonia you know ventilator assisted pneumonia problems or if you're on the floor and they're looking for falls look chart audit those things ask your manager if you want it if you can do some chart audits of something that they're looking for because there's always the units they always have goals and part of that is looking at chart audits and they'll you'll understand what is expected what's the policy and then where is the charting being missed so like we had some I Used to do skin assessment chart audits, and that's when we started noticing that nutrition wasn't noticed, or um, their bed needs to be ordered in an amount of time, or patients are refusing turns, or you're just not the nurses aren't having enough time, so. All those things help you understand what's expected of you, and then you can and then you can um, understand where, the, where to chart and where not to chart. You'll kind of understand what part of the charting is included, and then where your exception needs to be. Also, there should be an easy way for you to make the notification. You can put it in a notification, you can put it in a narrative. Um, everybody's a little different, but I can tell you, everyone who audits the charts can find those places where you do your notations. And they'll be able to um, pinpoint exactly what it is you're doing, and you you'll save yourself in more ways than one if you can um, remember to take the time to chart. Do it, take the time. Notice sometimes where you can um, even even if even, even if it's between medications that you gave that an event happened, then you know that you can kind of gauge what you needed to chart, and so um, it'll you'll get better over time and you'll feel more confident in your charting time to clock out. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please hit the like button and subscribe stat. Follow us on Instagram. You can find us on becoming a better nurse until next time.